What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And what a Super Bowl we got yesterday. I mean, boring first half, a little bit of a snooze fest of the first half, but that second half, it came alive. And of course, as we said in our previous episode, how can you bet against Patrick Mahomes? When it's crunch time, fourth quarter, overtime, whenever he's down and he needs a score, he just finds a way to win. And that's what great quarterbacks do. That's what we saw from Patrick Mahomes. He was the game's MVP. Didn't play well in the first half, but came back strong in the second half. Overtime game with the new rules. It was an interesting matchup and an interesting ending to that game. But it was a really exciting Super Bowl. And I'm happy with the final product that we got in Super Bowl 58. So just giving my take on that game right there. But prior to the Super Bowl, Mike Garofolo of NFL Network, a great NFL insider who used to be on the New York Giants beat, very plugged in, has a lot of connections with the New York Giants, knows a lot about what they're doing and what's going on in their front office every offseason. He revealed some pretty interesting information about our Giants before the Super Bowl yesterday. He said that the Giants still expect Daniel Jones to be their starter in week one if he's healthy, and that he's progressing nicely in his rehab and making really solid progress. Both good points there, but then he also went on to say, Quote, the Giants have the sixth overall pick in the draft, and general manager Joe Shane was at a bunch of games this past fall involving the top college quarterbacks to go high in the draft. Look for the Giants to potentially draft a quarterback. Could they jockey for a position or stay at six? Who knows, but we'll find out soon. So even though he thinks that Daniel Jones is progressing well and still expected to be the day one starter, he said that the Giants are a team to watch in the NFL draft because they might just go ahead and draft a quarterback. So we've gotten a lot of conflicting rumors here, Alex. We've heard about, you know, the Giants sticking with Jones and not being interested in the quarterbacks. Then we've heard the opposite. And now we're hearing from, again, Mike Garofolo, who I think is one of the best insiders in the NFL and very connected to the New York Giants organization, saying that they absolutely are considering the possibility of drafting a quarterback. Have they made up their minds? Probably not, but it's definitely in the cards for the Giants. So interesting stuff here. Giants are a team to watch in this draft, and that's kind of what we're going to go ahead and dive into and discuss in today's episode. But before we do so, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. Comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you listen to Apple, Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? What are your thoughts on last night's Super Bowl? And what are your thoughts on Mike Garofolo's comments about the Giants potentially being interested in drafting a quarterback? Well, I'm doing pretty good. And if you guys learned a single thing from watching yesterday's Super Bowl, as, as, as much as you guys probably already know the answer to this, having an elite quarterback is absolutely necessary to winning Super Bowls because if the Giants got to meet the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I don't know how we're beating Patrick Mahomes unless you have a defense that's ridiculous. Now, I know 49ers had a couple of bad breaks. You know, Debo was a little hurt second half. They lost Greenlaw um, early on. He tore his Achilles. That was that was an awful situation due to us having a great game before that. So, unfortunate, but, you know, we saw what it takes. You need a guy that's going to rise to the occasion and do something special, like special throws, special moments. Uh, make it count when you get to the red zone. And ultimately, Brock Purdy failed in those moments to convert touchdowns. Um, you know, I think the only, obviously, they had that touchdown from, like, Jawan Jennings to Christian McCaffrey, and that was like crazy, really 
good trick play, but you need more. Um, and ultimately, the, the the Chiefs had a little bit extra gas in the tank, and as usual, they get it done. And, and as I said on Twitter, it's free money. You're betting against the, you don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. If you if you bet against Patrick Mahomes, you are just losing money throughout the entire game. The Chiefs were basically um, not favored to win that. I was just hammering Chiefs money line every time the 49ers scored because I knew Mahomes. You can't bet against him. It's free dollar signs, man. So of course, Chiefs go on to win the game, made a couple bucks. Very happy about that. Now we look to the offseason, and the Giants certainly have a lot of work to do. And as you mentioned, Daniel Jones progressing well. He's doing anti-gravity stuff, running in a pool. But can he hit a, you know, <laughs> a 30-yard dig route? We're not so sure. Um, you know, that's kind of the question we ask ourselves right now. Where do the Giants go from here? We've talked about the quarterback position. People are talking about J.J. McCarthy at six now. I don't get it. I really don't think that's a good decision for the Giants. If the Giants moved back to, to 15 or 20 and took J.J. McCarthy and got a ridiculous haul, I would much rather do that than take him at six, right? Like, I don't think he's he's worth the six overall pick. Yes, there's going to be teams that want quarterbacks. There's going to be teams that take chances uh, based on the fact that most people think 2025 is a weaker class. So, you know, we're going to see a little bit more aggression this year uh, for a passer. And, you know, J.J. McCarthy has tangible qualities. He has some decent tools. Teams want to build around that. I get it. I get the whole perspective. But, you know, Daniel Jones being, um, you know, in a spot where he's making good progress, could return for opening day. It doesn't change anything, right? We already knew this. We knew that Daniel Jones was going to work his butt off. We knew he'd be doing everything he could to finally get back onto the football field, healthy and ready to go for week one. So this is not, like, a big surprise to us. What is a surprise is the fact that they're saying, like, the Giants are a team to watch in this upcoming draft to move. Whether that's up or down, we do not know. Um, now, we've heard rumors that the Patriots, if, if a guy doesn't fall to them, they like. If, if they don't like Jaden Daniels or they don't like Drake May, they could end up, trading out of that, retooling for the future, getting a ridiculous amount of draft capital um, and pushing forward. Now the Giants are in a good spot to move up to number three if they wanted to go get the guy that they maybe preferred all along. Maybe they have similar draft grades, uh, draft grades for May and Jaden Daniels and say, you know what, we're happy with either one of those two guys. And they move up to get a guy like that and Patriots aren't really that high. Every team has their own grades. Every team has their own board. We understand that. Uh, but, Anthony, when you're looking at the situation right now, you know, the, being the Giants, he didn't say whether it was up or down. They just said the Giants are a team to watch in the draft. What does that mean to you? Does that Do you think intrinsically that means moving up? Or do you think that's it's possible that Joe Shane could decide to move back, even though we'd be, probably be passing on a blue-chip prospect? Well, the full quote was that they're a team to watch to draft a quarterback. That's what Mike Garofolo and Ian Rappaport were saying. So whether that be with the sixth overall pick or moving up, like I said in the quote, Mike Garofolo said, will they jockey? Will they move that pick? Will they move up or down? He said, we don't know the answer to that yet, but we'll find out soon enough. Uh, but Garofolo was indicating that the Giants are at least considering drafting one of those top quarterbacks. He mentioned uh, by name, Caleb Williams said that, uh, of course, Joe Shane scouted a lot of USC games and was in attendance for USC versus Washington. So he scouted both Caleb Williams and Michael Penix. So I guess you could say that Garofolo is making the point. Maybe they're looking to trade up to land the top quarterback. Maybe they're looking at round two options with a guy like Michael Penix. Who knows? But really the point of Garofolo's quote is that they are a team to watch as in a team that's going to be drafting a quarterback more likely than not, whether it be in the first round or not remains to be seen. Now, we still have the NFL scouting combine coming up soon. That's going to be interesting because 
we're going to get information on who the Giants interview at the Combine. And that should be the most telling aspect or, or kind of moment in this pre-draft process that we've had so far. The Combine begins on February 26th, my, six, my sister's birthday, and it lasts until March 4th. And once we get to that moment, we're going to see these quarterbacks go through their drills, have their interviews. We're going to hear a lot of rumors about Saquon Barkley because his agents are going to be meeting with the Giants at that time. The NFL offseason about to hit offseason is about to hit a crunching time, like a real important period at that combine. And again, one of the things that you have to keep an eye on is the list of interviews. Every team is afforded so many interviews. I don't know what the exact number is at this year's combine but they're allowed to interview with X amount of prospects and that information is usually disclosed. So if the Giants end up interviewing five first round potential quarterback prospects, I think that's a pretty clear indicator as to what their plans are in the upcoming draft. Now, the Giants might be strategic. They might interview those guys in order to get more intel on them so that they could trade down or so that they can dupe teams into thinking that they're drafting a quarterback when they know that they're not. Or maybe they won't interview any of the quarterbacks uh, just to make sure the teams think they're definitely not drafting one. And then they really are planning on drafting one. So it's going to be really interesting and it's stuff to monitor and keep an eye on is once we get to that combine, who are the Giants meeting with? What positions are they really scouting heavily and interviewing with and showing, expressing the most interest in? That's what things are going to really heat up and it's only a couple weeks away. We're talking two weeks from today. The scouting combine is kicking off and then you're getting all of that information about the Giants draft plans. And I think that's going to be a point um, in time where we really start to figure out what their plans for the future are. Now, again, the other half of Garofolo's quote, Daniel Jones progressing well. He said that he was in a chair in recent weeks throwing the football, so he's not putting weight on his lower body, but he's still going through his throwing motions and keeping himself sharp for the upcoming season. He's expected to be ready by the start of the regular season is another tidbit of information that Garofolo mentioned. He is supposed to be ready for week one. So now the question is, Will he be the starter in week one? Will the New York Giants have somebody behind him that's going to take over his spot in the future in week one? Those are the big question marks. And so, again, once we get to the combine, we'll get more information. But this is shaping up to be a pretty interesting NFL draft because we were talking a lot over the past few weeks, Alex, about if the Giants want to draft a quarterback, it's going to be tough for them at six overall. They're probably going to have to trade up to the first overall pick, to the third overall pick, somewhere in that range. And those top three picks, that's how they're going to land the quarterback. Well, more recently, Lance Zerline of NFL.com, a very plugged-in insider, started releasing tidbits of information and said, hey, Drake May might be the quarterback that falls. I don't know if he's a lock for the top five picks anymore. That's something that he mentioned last week on Daniel Jeremiah's podcast. And then, of course, you had CBS released a uh, mock draft where the Giants drafted Drake May at six. So now I think we're starting to see a shift here where Jaden Daniels is rising off draft boards, which I know, Alex, you you don't see any problem with that because you love Jaden Daniels and think he's arguably the best QB in this class. But Daniels is rising up the boards. Drake May seems to be falling. But now the main takeaway from that is that Drake May seems to be a realistic possibility for the Giants at six overall. I think that's very interesting. And again, I think that's going to be more determined at the combine. If Drake May goes and he aces his tests and he crushes his interviews. I think it's going to, the narrative is going to change once again, and he's going to be back in contention for the number one overall pick. But right now his draft stock is falling and pretty much every single year we do see a quarterback fall in the draft. And then we usually see one go earlier than expected, which could be related to these recent rumors about J.J. McCarthy, Alex, where people are, you have different uh, NFL insiders saying he's going to be a top 12 pick lock. So it's getting really interesting. Now all these rumors are starting to heat up, but Alex, 
What is your perspective on that with the Giants? Maybe they don't have to trade up now. You know, maybe they can stick and pick at six overall and land a Drake May or kind of reach on a J.J. McCarthy. How do you feel about the New York Giants still having an opportunity now that these draft stocks are changing to draft a quarterback with a six overall pick? Oh, man. Look, I'm fine taking Drake May or Jaden Downs at six. Like, obviously. I'm if, if one of those two guys are there, it... I'm running to the board. I'm not even thinking about it. It's it's a done deal. It's solidified. It's cemented, my friends. And I think you guys would all agree with that. If either of those two guys are there, you can't hesitate. Like, you you go and do those things. But, you know, if J.J. McCarthy's there at six, which we all anticipate will happen, he'll be there at six. Uh, you know, Dane Boogler or whatever, somebody said he's going to be top – people are think, saying he's going to be a top 12 uh, selection now. Top 12 is a lot higher than I thought J.J. McCarthy would go. Um, it was only three weeks ago, Anthony. We were talking about him as a back first-round pick. You know, Suddenly, he's a top 12 pick, like a likely top 10 pick. Like The, the draft stock here has changed significantly. I have my reservations. I don't think J.J. McCarthy has any elite traits right now. He could develop some elite traits, but I don't think he has any right now. He has good processing, a good arm, and good athleticism. None of those things are elite. People are still in my DMs saying that he is a better prospect than Josh Allen was. I'm like, Josh Allen had a generational arm and some of the best rushing qualities just based on his frame alone. And off script, I know he was not a great quarterback. Um, and, and, you know, I do believe that you know, at Wyoming and, and, you know, thinking about where he was as a rookie compared to where he is now, people will say, well, we want to give Brian Dable a chance to make, you know, J.J. McCarthy great. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, we got a lot out of Tommy DeVito. We got a lot of these guys. And, you know, I want to give Brian Dable that level of player. But I don't think J.J. McCarthy is even close to being ready to be that player. Like, how much longer do Brian Dable and Joe Shane have to save their jobs? Do they have two or three years? I, I don't necessarily know. Uh, I think they have one more year to really show that they can win football games. Maybe two max if they get the right player. But J.J. McCarthy right now is a game-managing player. Like, he's not going to step in and run a high-octane passing offense. People will say, well, when he was asked to do it, you know, he was great. And I'm like, he was rarely asked to do it. He, did, he didn't throw for over 3,000 yards last year or the year prior to that. Um, you know, he, he averaged nine yards per, per attempt. If you look at – so – I'm pretty sure he completed – or he had 333 attempts passing, and, and Jaden Daniels had 332. And the differential in production is astronomical. Jaden Daniels had 40 touchdown passes, and uh, J.J. McCarthy had, what, 22 or 23? And then the yards are almost double. It's like you look at the actual production. You know, Jaden Daniels can walk in and actually operate at high octane, high octane passing attack on day one. I don't trust J.J. McCarthy to do that. Now, the argument against that is, well, J Daniel Jones can be your bridge quarterback. J.J. McCarthy doesn't need to be – be the starter. He can sit, learn, take over. Like, and I get that perspective. I just don't think it's worth taking a gamble on a player. I don't see having any elite traits right now. Sixth overall. Malik Neighbors has multiple elite traits. Romo Dunze has multiple elite traits. Brock Bowers has multiple elite traits. Joe Alt has Joe, multiple elite traits. JJ McCarthy has no elite traits right now. If you want to point to some elite traits of his, I mean, you can. I mean, maybe he's good on third downs. But when you have the best offensive line in football, the best defense in uh, college football, and the best running game in college football, it makes it pretty damn easy to be good on third downs because everyone is stacking the box and your receivers are wide freaking open and you have plenty of time in the pocket. So, like, I get it. Is, is J.J. McCarthy going to be able to walk into a Giants offensive line who has proven to be suspect over the last decade and survive with pressure in his face and make throws at an NFL level with pressure in his face? 
yes, we assume the offensive line will get better, but I, I want to see it happen. I'm not going to assume anything because we've done that before and we've been punched in the face consistently. So, you know, we can hope that everything is perfect around J.J. Uh, McCarthy and everything's great, but we know he has limitations because he has done it behind some of the best running offenses or some of the best offensive lines, some of the best defenses. Like, the Giants don't have that level of foundation. That's the level of foundation that the 49ers gave Brock Purdy, right? A great offensive line, a great running game, and a great defense. And he's great in that in that system, but the Giants do not have that. We are on the verge of losing Saquon Barkley, the worst-ranked pass-blocking unit in football, and a terrible defense to go with it, you know? Or not terrible, but a below average by most statistics. So is that the type of foundation you want to put a quarterback that has no elite traits in? I mean, my in my opinion, I don't think so. You need a quarterback who's going to elevate everybody, has multiple elite traits. My perspective on this on Jaden Daniels, he has an elite deep ball, elite rushing qualities, um, and he can develop elite pocket man pocket uh, presence and you know maneuvering around. I think he has several elite traits to work with, and that can elevate everybody. Um, I could be wrong. You know, J.J. McCarthy could end up becoming a great player. I just don't think it's going to happen immediately. I don't think the Giants have that much time to wait. Uh, Jaden Daniels can step in and start immediately and probably win games for us. Um, that's kind of how I feel about it right now. But you know my take on this. If if Mayor Daniels are there at six, you run to the podium to get the, one of those two guys. Um, I, I'm not taking JJ at six. I'm taking Malik Neighbors or Romo Dunze if that's the options that we have. Um, you know, it, I just don't. I don't see the allure there. But you know, I could be wrong. And I think you're probably in a similar mind frame mindset to me in that you probably go with the two other options um, if those were the guys that were available. I do, and I think that I'm higher on JJ McCarthy than you are, but I'm still not in top twelve pick. I, I think that. No, I don't see necessarily elite traits with J.J. McCarthy, but I, I do view him as a good player who could be a Brock Purdy for you. You kind of mentioned that at the beginning of this episode that the Chiefs had a quarterback that made crazy throws and crazy electric plays at the end of the game that ultimately won them the game, right? That's a Mahomes. But Brock Purdy had them in that game and had them in the Super Bowl because he's really good at managing a game. And I'm not saying that as he's a game manager. That's not a diss to Brock Purdy. Being a game manager is one of the reasons why Patrick Mahomes was in the Super Bowl as well, because he's also a great game manager. You need to be a great game manager. But those quarterbacks that are great game managers and playmakers, those are the ones that really succeed at the highest level of the NFL, win MVPs like Lamar Jackson, win Super Bowls like Patrick Mahomes. And I thought Brock Purdy did everything in his power to get it, get the team on the cusp of that Super Bowl, one or two plays, but he's young. I think he's going to continue to get better, and he's going to make those plays in the future. So again, no diss to Brock Purdy here, but I'm using him as an example because he's one of those high-end game manager type quarterbacks. He does make plays. He does get off script. Brock Purdy does make some pretty excellent throws that surprise you you at times he just doesn't do it you know all the time like Patrick Mahomes but I think that JJ McCarthy can be that and that's a pretty high standard and that's a pretty high praise that I think I can give him if I think that he could be a Brock Purdy then I guess I'm saying that I think JJ McCarthy could be a top 10 quarterback in this NFL but there are also a lot of question marks about JJ McCarthy and a lot of red flags that tell me he probably needs a lot around him that's good in order to succeed at that highest level, same way Brock Purdy kind of has. He needs a lot of help. And J.J. McCarthy also, I think, is a half-baked product that needs a lot more time to cook. And so when he does get to the NFL, going to a team like the New York Giants with a head coach who's going into his third season with his back against the wall, with a couple losing seasons in recent memory that need to be wiped away with a big winning season— this isn't the situation that makes sense for J.J. McCarthy, in my opinion. He needs to go somewhere where there's a lot of structure, 
continuity, and playmakers. Like something that can help him succeed as fast as possible. I don't know if the New York Giants can do that. In fact, I think that there are many factors at play here, including the bad offensive line, the questionable coaching from last season, Mike uh, Mike Kafka being back. There's a lot of factors that might hold J.J. McCarthy back, stunt his growth, and make him an even worse product than he is coming out of college. And I think you can argue that that's what happened with Daniel Jones several years ago and is maybe continuing to happen with him. And I don't want to see the Giants put a quarterback that needs a good situation into a bad situation and kind of ruin him from the outset. In my opinion, a guy like a Drake May, He needs structure as well, but he also has that Josh Allen ability to him where he's going to make those head-scratching throws, but it's because he's putting in an effort to make big-time plays and be ballsy, and a lot of the times you live with those picks because he is hitting on those big-time throws and he's making those big-time plays. So that's why I like Drake May, and I think that Drake May has all those traits he is 6'4", 230. He's built like an NFL quarterback. He plays like an NFL quarterback. I like him for a situation like the New York Giants where they need an NFL quarterback who can make some prolific passes. And I think Drake May has the potential to do that. I don't think that he needs to be put into the perfect situation at the beginning of his career like J.J. McCarthy might. So kind of to wrap that in and say, what if the New York Giants take a quarterback at six overall? Well, I'm hoping and praying that it is uh, Drake May falling to six overall because I think that would be a dream come true. I think he's the best quarterback prospect in this class, arguably. It's between him and uh, Caleb Williams to me. I think that what Drake May does, how he plays the game, and the traits that he has, those are the traits that you look for to mold into one of those superstar quarterbacks, like a Josh Allen, like a Mahomes, six foot five, you know, big guys with cannons of arms and ability to make throws at all three levels Drake May has that so if he does fall to number six overall I think that's going to be a situation where he's not the first quarterback taken off the board but all of those teams that chose not to take him are going to be wishing that they did I think that if he does slide in this draft it's going to be kind of one of those miracle situations for the New York Giants I'm hoping you know I'm being optimistic here I hope that the Giants find themselves in a situation to draft Drake May but ultimately I think What's going to happen here is free agency is going to determine where these quarterbacks go. You have the New England Patriots sitting with the third overall pick, and they're definitely a contender to draft a quarterback unless they go into free agency and sign somebody. And now you have recent reports saying that the Patriots are more interested in attacking the free agency market for a quarterback rather than going through the draft because they think their roster is more built for a free agent. So if that's the case, then that third overall pick is going to be available to the Giants or to any team to try and trade up and get a quarterback. So will the Giants realistically be able to stick and pick at six overall? I'm not entirely sure, but if they do have that opportunity to take a Drake May at six, I'm thrilled. If they end up taking J.J. McCarthy, to kind of answer your question more firmly, I would be disappointed because I know that they're passing up on blue-chip prospects, and I don't feel like J.J. McCarthy is a blue-chip prospect. I think the Giants made that mistake in 2021. They had an opportunity to draft Micah Parsons or Rashawn Slater, an all-pro-level potential edge rusher and all-pro-level potential offensive tackle. They forewent that opportunity to trade down. They took Kadarius Toney, who's probably not going to be in the NFL next season, and they got an extra first-round pick the following year, which they spent on Evan Neal. And if he doesn't turn things around, he might not be in the NFL uh, in the next couple of seasons. So I think that that's one of those situations that the Giants need to learn from where if you have a blue chip prospect on the board and available to you, don't get too tricky. Take the blue chip player. We've seen this happen before. If you also want to bring up another example, this one's kind of like funny. How about the Buffalo Bills back in 2017? They had the 10th overall pick. Alex, do you know who the 10th overall pick in the 2017 NFL draft was? It was Patrick Mahomes. The Bills traded down with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs got Patrick Mahomes. Yes, the Bills ended up getting Josh Allen the uh, the next season, but 
who keeps winning all those matchups and going to the Super Bowls, it's Patrick Mahomes. So I think that when you've got an opportunity to draft somebody that you think can change your team, you got to take that opportunity. And again, I know a lot of people didn't think that Patrick Mahomes was going to be that game changer when he was drafted, so it's not the best example, but it's just one of the many examples that you could apply to the situation. I think the most clear-cut one is the Giants had a chance to take Michael Parsons. A lot of people knew that he was going to be an instant impact player and a really good one for a long time. The Giants didn't take that opportunity. I think that's one that they should regret and they should learn from. If they're picking sixth overall and you have a potential rookie wide receiver who's going to be a thousand yard receiver in Malik Neighbors, I think you take him over the developmental quarterback prospect. If you've got a tight end that you think could be a top five player to his position in the NFL, Brock Bowers, I think you take him over the developmental quarterback. Quarterbacks are excellent. You can't win in this league without a good one. However, developing a quarterback takes a long time, and the Giants are not a team that has a long time to wait to win. they got to start winning games this season. It's very important. So that's kind of my take on it. If the Giants do have an opportunity to draft a blue-chip prospect, whether that be a receiver or a quarterback like a Drake May or Jaden Daniels, those guys I think are blue-chips. I just personally don't see J.J. McCarthy as that blue chip. I know some fans probably disagree with me, and that's totally okay. You see things differently than I see things, and that's fine. But for me, I'm taking the blue chip prospect no matter what at six overall because the Giants need elite talent on this roster. They don't have it, especially if Saquon Barkley, Xavier McKinney, if those guys leave, then the elite talents left over are pretty much just Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence and I guess arguably Graham Gano when he's healthy. Other than that, you don't have many elite players on this team. I don't think you have any other elite players on this team. Maybe Deontay Banks developed into that, sure. But the Giants need elite players, so when you're picking at six overall, you're either taking that elite quarterback prospect that falls into your lap, or you're taking an elite prospect at another position. That's kind of what my mindset will be this offseason. I think that's that's exactly where I'm at. Like you, This talent is devoid of elite talent like that. So... You really need to add more of those things. And J.J. McCarthy is not an elite talent right now. We were talking about him three weeks ago as a second-round pick, like high first-round pick. Now he's a top-ten pick. That seems like you're reaching. That seems like you're forcing a position because it's a quarterback. You know, just because he's a quarterback, suddenly he's a top-ten pick. Like, that kind of sounds like a mistake to me, um, you know, for what it's worth. And Patrick Mahomes, generational arm. Josh Allen, generational arm. Like, you know, you can point to the elite traits some of these guys had. Um... J.J. McCarthy has a good arm. It's not elite. He has good processing. It's not elite. He has good athleticism. It's not elite. Um, I think that overall he's a good player. I'm not saying he can't be a good player. I just think at six overall, you can't take risks like that anymore. The Giants have taken too many of them. You know, we've taken too many chances moving back, not going for the elite talent. We need to we need to add guys like that are that are their potential to be elite to be great NFL players is high. You know their their probability is high. Um, JJ McCarthy, I don't I would say his probability of becoming an elite NFL player is well below fifty percent. You know what I mean? I'd say it's probably around twenty percent um, based on you know the fact that what he did in college football was is not exciting to me. You know, and people will say, well, he's a winner. I'm like, guys, like, so was Kayvon Thibodeau going into the NFL. Like, so was Daniel Jones going into the NFL. Like, these guys won games at their prospective colleges. Like, they won they won football games. Like, that's what they did. That's why they were drafted so high. That's, you know, you look at their colleges. Look at Alabama. Evan Neal, dude's a freaking winner, came from Alabama, and he's one of our worst players right now. Winning in a college or, or high school level, like, does not concern me that much. Um, you can look about Josh Allen at Wyoming. They didn't win much, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I look at it. Like I, it's winning in the NFL is a lot more. It's a lot different than winning, having a winning mentality in high school or college. Yes, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a preference. You want to know how to win, but it doesn't mean you're going to be a great player at the NFL level. I think that's just pure conjecture at that point. It's pure optimism and hope. Um, and you know, the 
Giants have a lot of winners, like Penn State with Saquon Barkley. We're a great football team, and all we've done is lose since we've since we've been drafted. So that kind of sucks, and you know, it is what it is. But you know, looking at the Giants right now, we need elite talent, and you know, if you pass on elite blue chip prospects like we have in the past, we're going down the same road of of gambles. You know, we're just we're playing rush, we're playing roulette, and um, you know, ultimately right now, I do think there's a lot of great players in this draft class who can get a lot of great talent across multiple rounds here. We'll see what the Giants do. There's clearly a lot of talk about teams moving around. I've heard the Vikings may be looking to move up. You know, we've heard plenty of, of rumors. The Raiders even. We'll see what happens. Uh, but the Giants are in a really a really good spot within striking distance of a quarterback. And I, and I think that we should be, you know, opening, keeping that door open uh, in that regard. But, you know, free agency's coming up in about a month here. We have a lot of football news coming up. Obviously, the Combine's in a couple of weeks. It's going to get excited. It's going to get heated. Um, but I'm excited to start diving into some of these prospects, um, especially those, like, second-round pass rushers. Your guy, Chop Robinson, that's one I really want to take a look at soon. Um, a guy, second-round edge rusher with a really, really great upside and some good Probably like one or two elite traits that translate. So I'm excited to dive into some more prospects moving forward. I think we could leave the quarterback discussion alone until we hear more news on the topic. Uh, tomorrow we'll talk about, I think, uh, a mock draft that includes Joe Alt. So that'll be interesting because you guys know, not the not my favorite to draft another offensive lineman top five or top ten rather. Uh, but again, Joe Alt, a lot of people are saying could be a day one, like instant like top end top flight offensive tackle. So you always got to consider that, especially when your offensive line ranks dead last in pass protection. Um, so anyway, I'll kick it back to you, Anthony. Yeah, I think you made a good point there before we get into that Joe Alt discussion tomorrow. I will say, I think it ties into the conversation that we had in this episode about wanting a blue chip player and Joe Alt, a blue chip player. So that should be an interesting discussion tomorrow that I'm excited to have, uh, to have with you, but kind of looking ahead to this offseason, as you mentioned, We've got this combine coming up. We probably can table the com- the quarterback conversations for a little bit until we get to that combine. But if we do get to that combine and we hear that Drake May, Caleb Williams, and J.J. McCarthy and all these guys are having interviews with the Giants, well, then those rumors are going to really heat up and it's going to get really, really exciting. The combine happens, then it's uh, free agency, and before you know it, the draft is here. We're just over two months away. The NFL offseason, it doesn't really take much time to rest. I mean, we just had the Super Bowl yesterday. Two weeks from now, we're talking about the Combine, and we are back in full swing. So this little offseason and kind of down period for the New York Giants, it didn't last long. Things are heating up, and I can't wait to kind of dive into all this and attack all this news, these rumors, and make all this content for you guys right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you all on the next one. Have a good one. And Let's go Giants.